Hey, I'm Steve Folland. Welcome to another one. This episode of Being Freelance is supported by FreeAgent, the award-winning cloud accounting software loved and trusted by over 80,000 freelancers and small businesses, myself included. To claim your one-month free trial, visit freeagent.com slash being freelance. But right now, let's find out what it's like being freelance for photographer Storm Santos. Everyone can take a picture and everyone can take it better than you, I always say. So if you can be cool to hang out with for 10 hours, then the 10% of talent is a plus. I, I suggest people find someone that has been doing it longer and better than you have and just ask them questions. Everyone's a teacher at the end of the day. A friend of mine was like, you should just shoot celebrity, man. You can do anything with them. Like all the cool images you ever want to do, you can do with a celebrity and it'll last forever still today is like something I hear in my head every time I shoot. Make an image that lasts forever. Yes. Hello. How are you? Look at you. That is Storm, who is a photographer based over in LA. Really looking forward to hearing his story very soon indeed. By the way, uh, I just, I, I don't normally do this. Every now and again, a swear word creeps into the podcast and I don't care. I don't think you care either. But just in case you're listening to this out loud somewhere around children, uh, Storm does have the vocabulary that you would hope he would have as somebody living as a creative in LA. Let's just put it that way. So you might want to listen to this with headphones on or when kids aren't around. Unless, of course, you want to give your kids uh, a verbal education. <laughs> so yes, that's coming up in a moment. As with all our guests, if you go to beingfreelance.com, you'll be able to click through and find Storm, be it, for example, on Instagram, but also check out his work, see the kind of stuff that he's up to, his website. Oh man, I love his website. Looking forward to uh, chatting about that and the way he shows his work and his brand and things. So that in a moment. Um, also at Being freelance.com link through to the community come join us as we head into the last few weeks of this season come join us in the community and we will be there all summer long or winter if you're in the southern hemisphere so yeah link at beingfreelance.com. we have a laugh in there but we also support each other i love it people ask questions other people uh, give their answers and sometimes when people are going through tough times we pick them up we celebrate each other's wins and also each week we do the non-employee of the week awards where i give away a trophy cabinet a mug but more importantly, something that all freelancers need. Biscuits. Or cookies, if you're based in a country that thinks a biscuit is a scone when it's clearly not. Yes, each week we do that live in the group. So please come and find the community and be part of it. Beingfreelance.com has the links to everything you need. Right, let's crack on and chat to this week's guest. And that is photographer Storm Santos. Hey, Storm. Hey, what's up, man? How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Thank you. As ever, how about we get started hearing how you got started being freelance? Oh, man. It's a it's a wild and crazy ride. It's really not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I grew up here in LA, which is, it's kind of, a, I'm like one of the 10 people that did. Um, <laughs> born, <laughs> yeah, born and raised here, surrounded by people who aren't. Yeah, I, I played music like really, really young. I started playing guitar when I was like seven. And, you know, like right, any other kid, you want to be a rock star. And as pretentious as it sounds, I kind of did it. I, 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 I toured in bands professionally for like five years right when I got out of high school. And uh, being on the road just like exhausts you. You don't want to be around people anymore and you don't want to <laughs> hear anything. So kind of how I was 
when I was playing guitar in the road, I was like taking pictures of bands and also playing at the same time. And then when I was just like, okay, I'm done doing this. I just still kept taking pictures of school. And then I got a job at YouTube when I was not touring anymore. And then it still felt like a job working at like an office. And I was like, yeah, I hate this too. And uh, a friend of mine, he got sick or broke his hand or something like that. I forget. And he was like, hey, I need you to help me shoot this job. And I was like, yeah, for sure. And it was for Nike shooting Mike Trout, big baseball player here. And um, I saw the paycheck and I was like, oh, cool. I'm just going to keep doing this. <laughs> and then, little, <laughs> and then little, little did I know that those big paychecks do not come as fast and easy as that one did. And it was uh, an uphill battle for the next few years. And it's, it's all the dust has settled and we're, we're doing okay now. So just to put it in perspective, when did you actually, you know, step away from what were you doing for YouTube? By the way, I was actually working at, and this is actually, this is like right when Google bought YouTube. I was actually working at their, one of their production studios called Maker. And they basically like, it was like a record label. They would like find YouTubers that they like believed in and stuff. And they would help them produce and like shoot their content. And I was working on a show called Epic Rap Battles of History, where like these two guys get suggestions from people and have them and they write these incredible rap battles like they're fucking amazing and um they, they like we're getting like amazing numbers like 75 million views per sh- per episode like it was crazy and you were filming that for them were you uh, i was on the team yeah like i started off as like a production assistant and then i worked my way up and i was like working uh, in the camera department for them for like that first year and then i was just like yeah i hate this i, I, I it's like telling you someone telling you what to shoot like it was great like i loved but it was it was like helping someone achieve their dream you know what i mean so really up until that point like the fact that your friend who was a photographer asked you to 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 shoot for him was off the back of doing your own personal shoots when you were traveling as a musician it was something i knew in college because right after youtube um i was like okay let's go to let's get a degree and like let's do it right and he was doing that job and i think he was actually having a kid um, I just remember getting the call and being like, yeah, I'll go do that. And he's like, cool, a car's going to come pick me, come pick you up. And I'd never had anything like that before. My girlfriend was like, what's picking you up? Who's picking you up? And I was like, yeah, it's a black car from Nike. And she's like, fuck you. No, it's not. And I was like, <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. And she's like, I was like, yeah, it is. And we, they, and we shot it down at Angel Stadium, which was just cool. And then that was kind of like the, the kicker. Wow, what an introduction. And so what did you study? Were you studying photography? Actually, no. Like my de- my degree, which I finished, is in cinematography. I thought I was going to work in movies, oh. and yeah, I really wanted to do that and like be like the next fucking big hotshot cinematographer. Little did I know that the hotshot photographers are all seventy and they still work today and they're still awesome. And you have to wait for them to basically die <laughs> to, get, to, get, to get a job. To get a job. <laughs> so you get the night job. You presumably do a good job. What happens next? You said that it wasn't as easy as you hoped. Well, yeah, I got that cool paycheck and you're like, oh, wow, you look at all these three zeros and you're like, wow, let's do this forever. <laughs> and I was like, cool, how do I do this? And then every job that I wanted to go for, they're like, yeah, you've done one big job, dude. You need to like do more. So then I started shooting fashion because it was the most accessible thing here in LA. And I did that for like three, four years. And I realized like I fucking hate fashion. Like, I have no interest, really, in, in shooting fashion, like, at all. Like, I was doing 
like all these model agents here in LA. Like I was doing all this, like, you know, very like big entertainment looking type photos, but like for models, that doesn't translate. Like they want these people looking like pretty and gorgeous and like sexy. And especially in LA, it's like a market that like, it's not really fashion. And it's like, it's kind of this middle gray area where sex sells, but it's not like a fashion way. Like everything looks cool. And I just wasn't doing it that way. Like I had one time I had this girl on an Apple box looked like she was like floating and falling and I like photoshopped the, the the apple box out so it looked like she actually was floating and falling and the agent was like what the fuck is this and I was like yeah I don't know <laughs> I don't know why I did that and then um I saw a friend of mine was like you should just shoot celebrity man you can do anything with them like you can get away with that shit like all the cool images you ever want to do you can do with a celebrity and it'll last forever and those words last forever was like it just like it was like a bell ringing in my head for like six months. I had just signed with my agent at the time and I told her, I was like, Hey, like I don't want to do fashion anymore. Like you guys can drop me if, <laughs> if that's what it is. Um, I just like kind of only want to do like celebrity and entertainment images from now on. And she was like, yeah, we want that from you too. And it all kind of just like worked out, but having the whole last forever thing was, that was like, it's still today is like something I hear in my head every time I shoot, make an image that lasts forever. And so did you make a conscious decision to sort of start changing your portfolio? Was there like a crossover period between fashion and celebrity? Oh my God, dude. I feel like it was like, I woke up the next day, like, fuck this. I, I deleted like everything. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like the fashion stuff. I was like, I, I mean, obviously I kept what I could keep up. I just tried to look like, let's, sh- let's keep up all the, like as much advertising type images up as possible. So I can get these publicists and managers to be like, hey, I can do this. This is what I can do. I can make your clients look cool. And then my agent was like, hey, I got you a magazine. It was like one of the first uh, celebrity things. It was like small celebrity. I forget who it was. And um, we just shot the shit out of it. And then it just kind of like all started. (laughs) It just started all coming in, which was cool. Just to put this in perspective, by the way, when was it that you did that Nike shoot? That was 2013. So like it was like six years ago. Cool. And so you did a few years of fashion and then... Now we're doing celebrity, like, yeah, like maybe four years in celebrity. And so when, but when you were getting those first sort of fashion gigs, you know, like when, when they were telling you, you need to go out there and do more jobs, how are you getting those? Is it a case of hanging out with the right people or knocking on the right doors? Like what, what were you doing? Honestly, dude, like cold emailing in LA is like a huge thing. You just like go sit down wherever you can sit down, a coffee shop, home, whatever, and just pound out cold emails. Hi, I would love to work with you guys. This is what I can do for your brand. And it's kind of like, as fucking lame as it sounds, you just copy and paste that shit as many possible times until someone says, oh yeah, we like you. <laughs> and we'll, it's like, I feel like there's no real magic formula. It's like, it's like a mixture of everything. It's like everyone in this town, in any town, London, New York, LA, Everyone can take a picture and everyone can take it better than you, I always say. So if you can be cool to hang out with for 10 hours, then the 10% of talent is a plus. I see. So it was once you actually got a foot in the door and you got on the shoot, that then you would get to know the people and they would like working with you. Yeah. And I feel like that should be with like any industry. It's like you go to work and you're like, fuck, I do not want to see John today. That fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but if you can hang out with John and he's, a, and he's working awesome all day it's like oh he also has good ideas too then that's like awesome 
were there moments when you were sending out those cold emails where you were not getting anywhere and you were starting to think, eh, maybe this isn't going to work? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, all the time. I mean, like, for every 100 emails you, you'd send, I would, I would get, like, four responses. But I have no other tangible skills where I could be like, yeah, I'm going to go work an office job. Like, that. there was no other way out. That was the only way to, to, like, do this. So what does your kind of, like, work life look like now? Is it, like, tons of shoots in a row and then, like, loads of time off? Or is it, like, you're, you know, like, is it predictable? How's it working for you? It's really not. That's what sucks. Like, this week, this week and last week have just been, like, two a day, every day, how do I retouch all this stuff? Because I still do my own retouching. I don't really send out that much. And you just sacrifice sleep, drink a lot of coffee. You want it, you got to do it. That's what I always tell people. I go to my assistant, he, he's like, dude, how do you like balance it? I was like, you just got to fucking want it. So you've considered outsourcing or rather like bringing somebody else on to do V? Yeah, I mean, definitely like vet your retouching. Like there's a, a, a company here called happy pixel project and they're like oh my god man they're like the best retouchers in the industry you, you go on their website and you're like oh wow i am talentless <laughs> just how, how awesome they are like they've done like everything you've ever seen on a huge scale and and when you see that you're like oh i have no doubt in my mind that they can make my stuff look exactly how i want it to so when it's stuff that is huge profile that i just don't have time for not that i don't have time for it but you want it to have the proper love. So you're not like, oh my God, I'm chasing the clock. Just send it out, man. Pay the 150 bucks an hour and just be done with it. And does that mean that work comes in like quite last minute as well? Oh yeah. I got, I did, um, I don't know if you guys are getting that movie over there. I did the the main lead kid from that chucking reboot that's coming out for some magazine. And they called me two hours before. They were just like, hey, we had a photographer drop out. Like, can you do this? I was like, I love being like your backup. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I told the editor, because I work with her all the time, and she was and I was just like, Why didn't you book me on this to begin with? Why am I being your sloppy seconds? And she was like, Oh, don't take it that way. And I was like, I'm just kidding, let's do it. How did you cope with the I guess the business side of being freelance? Um, I have a good wife. <laughs> she <laughs> she's awesome, man. Like she's in advertising and she's really like taught me a lot of how to just like how to write emails and speak to people and how to chase down money and in, in like the correct way so you're not looking like desperate or you're like aggressive and just being on top of things she taught me a lot and she's way better at that stuff than me so i don't know if that's really good advice for anybody but um find yourself a good woman and she'll set you straight what have you found then works for you when it comes to chasing the money and getting the result but still being friendly but have it written down on paper. Like, don't just remember, like, this person owes me money. Like, have that shit written down. Have it logged. It'll it'll help you. For anybody who's out there trying to, like, start their business and learning how to do books and stuff, like, find an accounting client. And, like, there's tons of free ones. Like, I use a thing called Joist. And it's amazing. It's free. And you can create invoices and log it all there. And you can, if you use QuickBooks, you can, like, sync it through there. Like, it's pretty really really rad but that's my advice is write it all down because you will forget when the money actually starts coming in you will when jobs come in and you don't remember this 500 dollars shoot three weeks ago when you're trucking along you just move on and keep going yeah that's true because you're working to such a fast pace and presumably there must be quite a lot of expenses involved as well 
So what I, I always say is like invest in your business. So I know a lot of photographers, like they'll get on a job and they'll just have like the client rent all that stuff out and hand you the money to go rent it. But I've kind of done it a little bit differently than a lot of people who do big jobs. Like I've bought a lot of my gear just because I want to be available at any moment's notice. Like having that magazine call me and be like, hey, can you shoot this in two hours? I have all the gear ready to go. In terms of like money on business side of like creative, like I just pay an assistant and if we need to rent a location, you can usually get that pretty last minute. And I own my own studio here in LA. So I've tried to just make it as like not as expensive as it is. I will charge people for that stuff still. Like I'll still bill them for like studio time or like equipment rental, but I have it on deck and it's just another revenue stream. I feel like that's a good way. It's like you spend the money, but you'll get it back. That's interesting about having your own studio as well. Presumably you didn't start out with one. No, 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 no. I had like a small apartment in Silver Lake here. It was like a neighborhood in LA. And that was the goal though, like have a workspace that I can like walk out in my underwear too. And just be like, yes, let's do it. <laughs> when it comes to, I guess, like who you're hanging out with, like is there a community of photographers or, if, or are you all kind of like competitors? Oh, we're all so fickle, man. It's like, <laughs> we all hate and love each other at the same time. It's like everyone, it's like, it's all competition in like the most positive way. Like everyone's like, everyone wants to be successful. But I feel like at the end of the day, it's like, if you see like someone that's like doing the same style of stuff that you're doing, you're going up the same jobs and your friends. Like I have a friend here and we go up for like the same stuff all the time. And when he gets it, I'm like, oh, you son of a bitch. Like I'm happy for you, but fuck, <laughs> I wanted that. And that that passes though. It'll it'll ten minutes later you're like another job comes and you're like, Okay, cool. You can't actually really let it affect you. Because if it does, then like that sucks. I don't think any human should let competitiveness affect their social relationships at all. And do you get to chat to them about the I guess the business side of it or um, you know Oh yeah. All the time. I, yeah, I have no shame. I'll ask. Like if I have a question, like I'll ask my friends. I actually I have a mentor still and i'll call him all the time and he's a, a like a well more established celebrity photographer that's been in the game 25 years and whenever i have a question i'm like hey i'm calling you right now pick up the phone <laughs> <laughs> and most of the time most of the time he's like yeah here you go here's the advice and um how did how did they become your mentor he was mentoring another friend of mine and my friend moved to new york and i was like hey i heard you have an open spot <laughs> Basically, I, he we I met him through him, and I didn't really ask to be like to, for him to mentor me. I just like started calling him with questions, and it kind of just became that kind of relationship. Cool. That must be so useful to have. Oh my god, man! There's been so many times where I'm like, you have a business problem or like a PR problem, and I'm like, I've never actually handled this type of thing before, and I just call him, and he usually has the answer. So I, I suggest people find someone that has been doing it longer and better than you have. Um, and just ask them questions. Most of the time, they, they love that stuff. I know when like my assistants ask me a question, I'm sure you, you get the same thing. Like anybody who's coming up, you're like, oh, I love to like. Everyone's a teacher at the end of the day. And how about the work life balance side of things? Sounds good. Like work, walking to your studio in <laughs> in your underwear, but equally, it sounds like you have a lot of well, a lot of work. Frankly, a lot of pressure on that side of things. H- how are you finding it? Live and work, I feel like the live work, especially when you like have a live work space, it's like a pro and con. You work, 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 and you're like, oh, wow, I didn't have to like leave anywhere. And then 
you realize eight days in, you're like, wow, I haven't left anywhere. <laughs> you're like, I want to fucking blow my brains out. I need to leave. I need to go outside and like hang out with friends and get food or do something. And it's, you, it's like having cabin fever, you like lose it. So I try to be social and work and try to mix those as much as possible. Again, going back to my wife, she's like, we need to go outside. So have people who keep you in check in your circle. That's what I always say. And have you ever felt like you've been working too much? Yeah. I would say like literally last month I was having a conversation with some friends and they're just like, you need to start saying no to things and don't be afraid to say no to things. Like if it's affecting your mental health and the relationships around you, it's like jobs aren't going to stop coming just because you took a week off or a few days off. Like it's not going to be the end. No one's going to forget about you. Yeah. But you haven't done it yet. Yeah, I, we, I did. We like, we went up to San Francisco for like a couple weekends in a row and just like kind of shut off and came back and it was like very refreshing. So I always say like, take small breaks. It, it, it will, because you get burnt out because then you like kind of catch yourself. You're like, Oh, I've reused this lighting setup like three days in a row or something like that. And you're just like, I need to like shut off. <laughs> all, all, it, all it does is help you. I feel like it helps me. And I can only speak from what I know. So what works for me and taking a break helps me creatively because I'll come back with like fresh eyes. So they're not all red and glossed over. And you mentioned having an, an agent quite early on. Is that just like a given in in your industry or like in your town as it were? And, and does all work come through an agent or is some direct? Uh, a lot of it's like direct. If it's like stuff that I know, like it's like small and, but I still really want to do it. Like I don't want my agent, like it's like, Hey, I can just handle this real quick. I'll text her. And just be like, hey, I'm doing this thing. Just wanted to let you know in case I get booked on something else. So I still keep her in the loop of everything, but I don't have her handle everything. When it's like bigger money jobs, I'll have her get involved. Or it's like a business thing where it's like kind of more legally, I'll have her on stuff. Um, we have a pretty good like relationship where it's like, I'll let you know what I'm doing, but you don't need to like be involved with everything. And I, for the the question you're saying where like everyone has one here in this industry, and I feel like no, I know I know tons of photographers who are way larger than me that don't have agents and i know some that are smaller than me that don't too so i mean it kind of just i kind of like landed in the right place at the right time to get one it was nice i want everyone kind of wants one but i mean if it works it works that's what i always say and one of the main benefits is for those bigger clients so that you don't have to deal with the intricacies <laughs> yeah i mean one of the main reasons i really wanted an agent was because i didn't want i don't like talking about money i, I really didn't like to use to talk about money back in the day I didn't want to talk to a client or a publicist or manager or network, whatever, about talk about money, negotiate money, argue about it back and forth in a positive way. And then me walking on set and they'll still have an idea. I feel like I didn't want to have a lasting idea of like, oh, we talked about money yesterday. I'd rather them have associate the money with my agent and me just walk on set and only associate me with creative. That was like a huge thing for me. It's like, I didn't want to be a person that there's a, a taste in their mouth about any type of money, business stuff, I only want to be having the taste of creative in their mouth, like only thinking about that stuff when I walk on and walk off set. Obviously, you're very creative. You're doing a lot of client work. Do you still do your, your own thing as well? Like, is there any side projects or is it all client work? Yeah, no, all the time. Um, I feel like whenever I'm like, if there's an actor that I really want to like work with, I will like reach out to any type of representative and just be like, hey, I'll shoot this for free. Like, please, I just really want to work with this person. But you guys got to let me do what I want to do. Like, I'll get you guys some stuff that you need, but just let me do what I got to do. And most of the time, they're like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> we'll take free, PR, free press any day. 
That's so cool. I suppose that that comes from you're making the most of being in that particular city. <laughs> yeah, I mean, anywhere else it probably wouldn't work. I mean, I feel like New York is the only other place. I mean, like London too. Like it depends, like where you're. If you're going for like the Hollywood, I mean, in the celebrity side of the world, LA is pretty pretty perfect. <laughs> yeah. What would you say has been the biggest challenge for you being freelance? I feel like just having yourself on a schedule, that's what's the worst thing for me. It's just like realizing like, yes, you're freelance, but you still have a job. And I feel like sometimes we're like, oh, two o'clock and I haven't done shit today. And you're like, oh, I have so much to do though. I need to like sit down and do it. So that that's, was always the challenge. It's just like, just remembering putting yourself on a schedule and a healthy schedule. Yeah, that <laughs> that's something I still struggle with. Now, I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself to make two true and one a lie and let me figure out the lie. What do you have for me? Okay. I've known my wife since we were 14. I got lost for eight hours in Japan <laughs> once. And I have nine dogs. Nine dogs? Yeah. Okay. You've known your wife since you were 14. That's so sweet. There's not much I can ask about that one. Okay. Japan, though, I can definitely ask about that one. How on earth did you get lost for eight hours? <laughs> well, we were touring in Japan when I was playing music and there was, we had like two days off and I really wanted to not be around anyone and just like kind of explore the city by myself. Um, that was a stupid idea <laughs> for someone who had been there <laughs> never before. And I, they have two types of trains there. They have like a regular commuter train in Japan and then they have a bullet train and I jumped on a bullet train, which go 200 miles an hour north and south. And there's no stops. So you, you go like Tokyo, Kyoto, Osaka, and that's like a five hour trip usually. But in this, it's like three and a half hours. And I was like, all right, I'll try to go to another part of the city. And then next thing you know, I'm in like Kyoto, which is three hours away. And I was like, oh shit, I have no idea where the hell I am. I don't know how to read any damn signs. Let's just go back. Little did I know, I just jumped on the exact same train and go to Osaka. So I was like, now six hours deep. <laughs> And then I was like, well, I'll just explore the area, come back, try to jump on that train, uh, bullet train's done for the day. And I was like, well, I'm super fucked. I called our tour manager and he was like, well, I'll just jump back on the train. And he sent me the right information. I sat on a train for five hours going back to Tokyo. <laughs> just sat there like a dumbass getting drunk on a train. Okay. So yeah. you're, and then you have nine dogs. Okay. What sort of dogs? They're all bulldogs. And what are their names? Um, yeah, you got me on that one, man. I have no. <laughs> you, I guess you win. You win that one, dude. Oh, you couldn't think fast enough. In my defense, it's six in the morning. So, <laughs> okay. In that case, I'm going to say the dogs is the lie. You, you win, man. I have one bulldog, and she's awesome. Her name's Bronx. I clearly need to speak to American guests when they are very sleep deprived and not quite with it. And I might, oh. I might win that game more often. That was good. Thank you. Yeah. That's good though. I'm sure people have given you way cooler and way more intricate lies than I have. I saw that email that you sent me last night of kind of being like, oh, this is the game we're going to play. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to fucking buff that one. I know it. I'm so screwed. Actually, there's someone I like, wanted to, to, to talk about. Like, 
presumably Instagram, for example, is is really important to you. How do you stay on top of like pushing yourself out there with that? Man, I'm like the worst at it too. Like sometimes I'll forget and the wife or like an agent will be like, you need to post more. Like you need to post like more consistently. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I really do. And it's kind of just like, honestly, to be honest, like I'm not a huge fan of Instagram. Like if I didn't need to have it, I totally wouldn't. Um, but I, I totally understand the value of what it come, what it comes with and like what it does for like having you be available creatively like every second of the day. So I think just, I kind of just set it and forget it. I don't let it affect what I think is valuable in my images. Mm-hmm. I kind of just like, I post it and I'll check it for like the first like, I don't know, five, 10 minutes, make sure everything's working. And I kind of just like let it, let it be. And I'll check it like the next day. And I'm just gonna like, one does well it's like i don't give a shit i like it <laughs> cool so you yeah so you don't go for like the whole stories thing and like like i don't know i guess selling yourself and the the personality of storm i kind of like i i don't i see a lot of people this is the, the one advice i can give about instagram is i don't like when photographers or any type of creative medium you don't have to be a photographer anybody who's doing anything um, freelance or any type of work they're trying to showcase is show some show people if you're trying to use that as a, a business platform is show people who you are at least a little bit don't just have it like here's my portfolio on instagram because who is this person you're just another picture you're a little icon on instagram there's they people got to know at least a little bit about you they need to atta- latch on to some type of personality so i will like post stuff on the stories like that's a little bit more fun than just like posting Instagram post and then like have a magnifying glass on it. I just, I don't really care what I post in stories stuff. Like last night we were at the movies with friends and I posted that. And it's kind of like people see that like, Oh, you're an actual human being. You're not just, this is not just like a work portfolio. That was some advice I got on early on that I think is like pretty good. Shows you that you're a human. Yeah. And especially when you were saying about how important that personal relationship is in what you do. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like, especially if you're showing like your interests and stuff that you find funny or stuff like that. I feel like that's what people really latch onto. And I love your website, by the way, I just wanted to, uh, <laughs> it's um, when did you, as it looks now, you know, if people were to go and look in 2019, when, when did it start looking like that as it is now? When Squarespace was like, this is how easy it is to make this. <laughs> that's what, <laughs> I don't know. I've always, I, I, I really like, simple and easy i guess like i go on websites that like these people do all these crazy flash html like thousand menus and i just wanted to like hit you in the face right when you open it it's like whoa and then you just go into the work and it's like this is it there's no real fluff cool so you were able to do that yourself a few a few years ago yeah man i feel like all those types of like here's a easy way to build a website have made it so easy for people to create a website here i am selling a fucking website service they better give me a 10 percent or something <laughs> yeah it's like the internet has made things really really easy for people to be successful they've given you the tools to not need to spend a trillion dollars on making a website and if you i just kind of like pieced together 10 people's websites that i really like and i was like these all things work for me now how can i put my flair on it i guess and how about that that sort of animation type gif of your of your name as well? Oh yeah, I feel like um, that was a new thing. I had a different one before. Where it was like a, a lightning bolt because my name, and I was like, this is kind of corny. Let's change this. 
And I was like, I, I'm still, I mean, the, the, the foundation of kind of why I shooted, shoot celebrity is like to be able to do cool creative stuff. But at the end of the day, I'm still like a huge fanboy of like just everything that people work in, like all these TV shows and all these movies, which is like kind of why I went to film school and like try to get a film degree. So like putting the, the TV animation thing in there was just kind of like a nod to myself. Just be like, Oh, this is why you're doing this. It means nothing to nobody else. It just looks fucking cool to like everyone else. But to me, it was like, oh, cool. Like, there's still, like, some... There's a reason why I love TV and I love nerd shit. And I'm a fanboy of all these people and all their work at the end of the day. Like, it's cool to work with other artists. That's a really deep explanation of the animation. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? Fucking don't get mad. <laughs> get better. That was a, a thing. Uh, when I was first starting out, um, that was the thing a friend told me and he still lives. That's like his like fucking motto. And I have to, I say that to myself too. It's like, if something doesn't work out your way, like don't get pissed, just get better because I feel like that's so, so strong. And I was really glad that my friend said that to me early on. So if anyone is out there who's like upset that it's not working out, just work harder. It'll, if you're, if you genuinely care about what you do, it'll, it'll come. Storm, it's been so good to talk to you. Thank you so much, A, for taking the time, but A, for taking the time so damn early in your day as well. Oh, man. I'm here I'm here to make Jordan Green feel like he did a good service, and I want to do a better podcast than him, so he's listening. <laughs> yes, because Jordan was on so, – because Jordan was on the podcast. We, we'll put a link to Jordan's episode in um oh yeah beautiful. In, in the notes if, if you haven't heard that because it was quite a few years ago now i'm sure he did a way better job than i did but you've met each other working out in la then when he's been out there yeah god he's like one of my closest friends now and i love that dude to death so when i saw his name i was like oh if he's involved i'm in i'll do it <laughs> well thank you jordan he'll be here in the next couple months so i'm like really excited to see him because i think he should just move to america sorry england <laughs> such a chatch i love him <laughs> storm thank you so much go to beingfreelance.com there are links through so that you can check out storm's work find him on instagram um, we'll put a link to jordan's episode as well so you can hear that from a few years back it would be good to see him actually and, and find out how things have been going for him since go take a look beingfreelance.com also while you're there don't forget you can join the being freelance community so come join different freelancers from around the world online come find us there and if you are a freelancing parent I also co-host the Doing It For The Kids podcast for freelancers with kids in the mix. So there's a link to that to come join us there. But for now, Storm, thank you so much and all the best being freelance. Steve, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. 